I want to welcome all of you to our podcast, From My Kitchen Table, which is both inspired and created by our successful and award-winning Women Create magazines. For those of you who do not know me, I am Jo Packham, a small-town homegrown girl who had no big dreams of being the creator and editor-in-chief of your magazines, Where and What Women Create, among which we have profiled over 745 women from around the world in over 265 books and magazines. I am so thankful that you are here joining us today. Our podcast, which is for and all about you, will be coming to you weekly. So please listen on your platform of choice. The guests we have are visionaries who consist of artists, designers, foodies, and entrepreneurs each taking us through the ups and the downs of living a creative life. I will be introducing you to those in our industry, some well-known and some you have never met. These women have crafted amazing works of imagination, transformed cooking and baking into an art form, built successful businesses, inspired entire communities, and each has a story to tell of perseverance and triumph that will help each of us on our own personal journey. So welcome to From My Kitchen Table. This is the place to come together, to learn, and to share the passion, the process, the inspiration, the wisdom, and the journeys of living a creative life. The podcast is becoming easier for me, and I think that's because I have such amazing guests who are always here to share their stories with you and make all of us feel good and look good, and they are such a gift to us. And today is especially um, a gift for me and for all of you because the artist, um, Carrie Schmidt, who we have as our guest today is one I have followed for a very long time and one whose work just makes me happy every time I see it. So let me introduce you to Carrie, who is an artist, an author, an entrepreneur, an instructor, and devotee to the creative spirit. Carrie is a full-time artist, author of three books, and runs an online shop with her paintings and products. She has an online monthly subscription class called Flower Painting Club, and she is opening an art retreat space in her home called House of Miracles for people to come and stay with her to reconnect with and romance their creativity. Carrie, Welcome to From My Kitchen Table. It is such an honor to have you here. I am one of your very biggest fans. Thank you so much, Joe. The feeling is definitely mutual. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very gracious of you and totally unnecessary. But I, 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 I know our um, listeners have a million questions. I have a million questions. You are just I love what you do and your art and you just make everyone so happy. It's always going on your Instagram site and on your um, website is just like, it's always the first day of spring. So Aww. let's start with where you started. Yeah, well, in 2009, I developed a life-threatening allergy to the heat and sun and that included my own body heat. So I was allergic to myself. And um, I ended up being bedridden for several months because I couldn't move without over um, feeling that heat generated in my body. So I could barely move. And so it was basically like a complete death of my life, except I was still here, but everything I knew my whole way of being was over. And I really struggled with it. I was going through the grieving process of my own life. Um, and I was really falling into a deep dark depression. And I even had like suicidal thoughts because I was in my thirties and I thought I can't lay here for 50 years. I can't be a vegetable. And it, it was a really painful time. And one day I heard a voice say, um, now that your life is over, you might as well do what you want and paint. And I didn't even know I wanted to paint. It was something I had given up or that dream I had let go of, you know, many years before. Um, in my teens basically. And, um, but I was so desperate. I actually listened. Um, and I started painting in bed kind of like Frida Kahlo. Um, and I would have to paint slowly, but what happened is it just, I just went to this other place where I forgot about my condition. I forgot I was in bed 
And when I was done painting, I would look around and be like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm still in bed. And so it was kind of an escape, um, but it, it saved my life. And so I fell madly in love with the creative process. And I just felt like it held me and carried me through the darkest time in my life. So I have this deep devotion. And I think that's why my art feels joyful because I'm just so in love with it. I just, I, it's, I say it's the primary relationship in my life is like the creative process or creativity. So that's where I began. And the gift from that was I bypassed a lot of the normal um, emotions people experience while creating. Like I didn't, I don't have doubt or anxiety or fear. It's all like love and devotion and gratitude. So I completely bypassed that, which is a huge gift from that whole process. So I say that it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it became the best thing that it became a blessing. So it was a really powerful experience. And now I'm a full-time artist and it led me on this very sacred spiritual journey. And I feel like I'm more me than I was before my heat allergy, before I started painting. So I feel like it really redirected me to like the person that I'm meant to be in this lifetime. So <laughs> that's well, how I you started. And you still suffer from it a bit, right? I do. So it, um, I gradually got better to the point where I can walk and I can do some yoga Sometimes I can swim, but um, it's something I kind of have, a, I deal with every day. So it's not as severe, but I can't go outside for about four months of the year in the summer. And I can't go outside if it's sunny, um, even in the winter. So it's really debilitating. It's very expensive because I have to pay people to do really basic things for me, like get my groceries and take my trash out and cut my grass. And um, I can't lift anything. So I have to hire people to come to my house a lot to just do really basic things that I would love to do. Um, but yeah, I still have it. It's just now I'm not bedridden. So, Oh my gosh, what an inspiration you are. I had no idea about that. I saw your podcast. Um, I, I haven't listened to it yet, but on um, Powerful Women, is that the name of her podcast and um you spoke about that and i thought i need to listen to that because i don't know that part of the story so okay so i have a million questions that come before that but because of that tell me how you paint cars because oh you God. painted your car and you painted wendy conklin's car right from chair whimsy and yeah. so do you do that in the garage <laughs> well, I, you know what, I painted mine during the pandemic um, and it was um, summer and we lived deep in the woods. It was very cool in the shade. I live in the Seattle area. And um, so I painted mine. It took me about a month, um, but I couldn't go anywhere anyway. So, you know, I thought it was a great time to do it. And then Wendy actually, she did a car wrap. So she, she, I gave her a digital image and then oh. she had a car company wrap it. Yeah, I love it. That's I, I'm hoping to start like a trend and <laughs> more colorful cars. Um, so yeah, I did that, and it it's so fun because I didn't have a plan when I when I painted it, and I was like, well, I hope this goes well because you know I'm just gonna go for it. Whatever happens, happens. Um, and I didn't know if I would love it or get sick of it, but um, it's like the best thing I've ever done because people every time I drive. They wave to me, they smile, they give me thumbs up. It's like, and people talk to me in parking lots. So these are conversations with strangers I otherwise wouldn't have. So it just leads to these beautiful connections. And like, I've noticed like old men really like it. <laughs> kind of surprising. Um, but everyone's curious about it. So it's just like a talking point. It's like a, it breaks down a barrier that we would normally you know, just go about our day and not have these interactions. But I love how happy it makes people. But you know, I did paint my, I have a school bus. I painted that first. And I say that was like the gateway drug to like, once I did that, I was like, oh, now I want to paint my car. You know, it's like, it's, it gets a little addictive. So <laughs> I was well aware that people, they love the pink bus. I painted that with little roses all over it. And, and that and people like jump up and down and they go nuts when they see it. So it is just a way of like, spreading joy. And I think for me with my heat allergy issue, it's a daily struggle. So I have to actively fight it by creating beauty in my life. Like that's the only way I know how to not fall into despair. So it makes me do all sorts of kind of 
different things, but I'm just trying to stay on top of that and not really sink into like that darker where I could go at any, any point. So it's like, I actively create beauty as like, I guess as like a type of medicine just to like, you know, not be upset <laughs> about the situation. So, yeah. well, I, of course my heart breaks for what you face on a daily basis, but I do have to say that what you produce is truly a gift to the rest of us because it it really does make you feel like every day is spring when it's really uh, rainy here and stuff in my studio. I always go on your Instagram site and your website. So because you um, paint so much, I guess, and on your website, you have an enormous variety of product, yeah. of different things that, I mean, your Birkenstocks were crazy fabulous right and your greeting cards and um of course your books we should talk about your books for a second because i'm gonna let you tell about the award but congratulations what a prestigious award for you and so well deserved thank you the mom's choice award is that the Correct. one yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's so funny because I used to buy products based on that label. Like when my kids were little, if I saw the Mom's Choice Award, I was like, I know this is a good product. And so it was really exciting to receive that. And um, yeah, it was my new picture book. It's called um, A Flower in Her Heart, The True Story of an Artist Who Bloomed. And it's the story of how I became an artist. So I tell how, you know, I got my heat allergy and I was bedridden. Well, it starts when I'm a little girl, but it takes you through that journey. And the um, feedback from kids that I got has been so incredible because I really feel like they like stories where there is truth. And, you know, like if there's medical challenges or if there's a death, like I think kids are hungry for those real stories. And um, I mean, it is a positive story, you know, <laughs> like good things happen. I become an artist. I have a pink bus. Rosie like is the star of the book, but that's the best. But, um, and also I'm alive so they can interact with me. Cause a lot of the books I read my kids, picture books were about dead artists. And um, <laughs> it's kind of fun <laughs> to say like, look, you can go look at her Instagram or you can write her a letter. Or she can come to your school, but they can watch my journey as it continues, you know? So I think that's, I think that's really fun. And I want kids to know that artists are out there and we're living really full, you know, beautiful lives. So, yeah. So tell me the age range that the book is targeted towards the youngest that you think would understand. So I had a woman write to me that a three-year-old, she read it to her three-year-old niece. And she said, even though she's only three, she loved it. And I hit a tiny rose on every page so they can hunt for the rose. She said she loved doing that. And, you know, I think because there's a pink school bus, <laughs> I think like, you know, you, everybody loves a pink school bus. So I think the three-year-olds can handle that. And I think I love picture books. Like I um, collect them. And so I even think there's something for adults, you know, it's just, they're beautiful stories. The simplicity of a picture book where you, you're using so few words that you really have to choose carefully. So I just like that distilled version that says everything you really need to know. And so I would say, you know, for all ages. Well, that's good to know. I have a huge collection of children's picture books too, because I think sometimes you have to be an adult to really understand the message behind them. I mean, children and teenagers get a message, but I'm not sure it's the same message or the full message. So um, I agree with that. I think adults, I think children's picture books should be sold in every adult gift store in America. So you right. And so can people buy your book at bookstores on Amazon on your website? Where? So it's only available on my website. Um, so I'm a really, I, when I was young, bookstores were like my temple, like I consider them sacred places. And I don't know what I would have done um, as a child if I did not have a physical bookstore to go to. Like, that was the greatest joy of my life. I was an English major. I love writing. So I'm just selling them on, on my site because I would like to support local small bookstores. So eventually maybe putting them in there, but I just decided, you know, in alignment with my personal values that I was going to just, just do that. Um, and that's, yeah. So they're there. They're in my, well, on my website. 
Well, that's good because I don't want people going into bookstores hunting for them and not being able to find them and think they can't get them because yeah. it, it is a it is beautifully done. And um, I haven't read the whole book, but the pages on your website and stuff, I did go through all of those and I will definitely order it now that I know I can't get it at Barnes and Noble. So <laughs> that, that's yeah. good. So do you sell then, except for your Birkenstocks, do you sell everything of yours on your website? Um, yes, yeah, so I license my art with companies. So, um, you can find my art on more than just what I have on my site, like lots of products in different stores, but, um, the ones on my website are mostly the ones I'm I've created and made. I do sell some products that other companies make with my art on my site, but I, it's just something I, I really enjoy that part of this job as being an artist. Some people don't like creating products, but I get really excited about it. I love doing it. So that's why there are, you know, quite a variety on the site because it's just something I kind of love to do. So tell us some of the other products that other companies have produced with your artwork on them. Well, you know, there's a company that does wallpaper murals, which are fabulous. I've seen, you know, them in different homes. Um, my best friend put one on her ceiling. It's amazing. So there's that. And then you know, we have mugs and tea towels and um, water bottles and lots of stationery and, you know, affirmation decks. And um, there's so much uh, tote bags. <laughs> it just goes on. And, and most of those are on your website too, because yeah. I was going to order one of your tote bags and every one of your tote bags is sold out. I know I have a hard <laughs> time. I have a hard time keeping them in stock. So yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think about the other companies. I, it, it's so hard for me to remember, but they've been on yoga mats and, you know, pillows and bedding and um, shower curtains. Those are kind of things I don't have on my, on my site, but other well, companies. I know, I know the um, artists out there who are not as successful as you have been in licensing. We had Lori Siebert on and she talked a little bit about licensing, but do the companies come to you? Do you go to them? Do you submit your artwork? How, just to help a few of our listeners, how does that work in your world? So for me, my, I have an agent, they found me on Pinterest um, many years ago. I was just starting out and they reached out to me and I wasn't sure if I wanted an agent or not, but I thought I'd try it for a couple of years just to get the experience. But for me, it was great because I'm, I can't travel because of my heat allergies. So they go to those big shows in New York and Atlanta, and I knew I could never do that. Um, and then I actually had a non-exclusive clause, which I think is really important because I already had established relationships with some companies. So Hallmark, they reached out to me, they found me on Pinterest. I didn't want to turn that contract over to my agent. So I had them put this clause in there that said, I can still work my own deals and they can do their deals. But if I hadn't done that, if anyone contacted me, I would have had to go through them and then they would have you know, got a cut of the money. So I love that. That was kind of the deal for me that, you know, why I signed on because I, I didn't want to give up that freedom of making my own deals. Um, so I did that. And so now the agent does most of the work on my behalf and I'm busy. I'm so busy with all my other projects that I just knew this is a part of the business I could not get to. So I don't mind, you know, sharing the, the profit because I wouldn't have it at all <laughs> if it weren't for them. So that's kind of how I like justified doing it. It's just like extra money that I wouldn't have gone after myself. And yeah, so it's been, it's been a good experience. So do you paint every single day? I used to paint more. I'm, you know, I'm working on a couple of big new projects right now that are taking a lot of my time, but I have this online um, monthly art class. So that is like scheduled time for me to paint. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. You know, it's like built into the job. I have to do it. But when I was starting out, all I was doing was painting. So for the women that are in my um, group that are new, I'm like, you know, really enjoy this time. Don't be in a rush to you know, get the business up. And because this is a really beautiful time where you can just really develop that relationship with your painting and enjoy that. And it'll get busier, but you know, there's something beautiful about that slower time when you, you want to get ahead and you want to get ahead, but it's like, but this is really sacred too. So I'm grateful. I had all that time at the beginning to paint because now, you know, the business is growing and there's less time. So I and miss those days. 
And your other project is? My, my new retreat center. Um, it's called House of Miracles. And there's a reason why it, I is highly unlikely that I would ever be able to buy this place. And through a series of what I would describe as miracles, I landed in this home, um, which is, it's like divine intervention. So um, the house named itself, I, um, I'm just in awe of how it all unfolded because it's been a dream of mine for at least a decade. Um, and it's so strange when it, it happens, like you, you think about it and dream about it for, a, you know, 10 years. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoosh. And it's like, whoa, what just happened? That just came true. So that it happened really quickly. Um, but yes, it's a retreat space for women to come and paint or write or whatever their creative expression is um, and just get away and have that quiet time and space to de devote to their art. So it kind of reminds me of when I was bedridden because I like the only thing I could do was paint and everything else was kind of taken away. I couldn't take care of my kids. I couldn't do carpool. I was like, you sit in this room and you paint. And I want to create that space for women to have time, just like I did, um, to really connect. So it's a small, it's not a huge um, house. I think I can have about four people max. Ooh. So there'll be smaller groups. Um, they can come and just do their own thing, or they can sign up to, you know, paint with me, or they can just use the studio. So it's really like create your own experience. Um, but I'm, I haven't opened it yet. It's going to open hopefully this summer. I'm just getting it ready right now. So that's a huge project. It's like another whole job. <laughs> well, especially because oh you're even talking about the, out, what did you paint the outside pink? I, it's actually, it's getting painted pink today and I'm in oh, Ohio and I had to unexpectedly go out of town, but the painters are there. And I'm like, I hadn't even picked out the color when I left. So I'm like in Ohio painting boards and like, you know, putting them against my parents' home and like, I hope this works. So I don't, when I drive home from the airport, I'm going to be shaking because I'm like, if I don't like the color, it's kind of too late to say stop because they're going to be done. So I hope. But it is pink. <laughs> I just know it's going to be perfect. I Anything that comes to fruition, the way you've explained it, that it has to end on a perfect note, right? So it yeah, will be a perfect color. You're right. I mean, the whole house, I feel like, is charmed. It, I can't even describe like all these miracles that just happened. And so I feel like the house has some special thing going on. And even the man who sold it to me, um, I wasn't the highest bidder and the Seattle market, it's actually Tacoma, um, but it's really competitive, like out of this world. And um, I wasn't even the highest offer, but the man who sold it um, told my realtor that he just felt like this house was meant for me. And that was one of like many things that happened that I just could not believe. So he, he took my offer. Um, so he's one of my angels. <laughs> oh, nice. I told him he's he a I know. Does he know that he's one of your angels? Yeah. <laughs> I sent him a note. I sent him a painting and I just told him that he's one of my angels and, and he's a legend. So, <laughs> but you know, it like, it's amazing. Cause it's like, wow, there are really good people out there. Like he did not have to do that. And that's incredible. So Yeah. We'll there see. are really good people out there. And, and I think that there are a lot of people who love to help artists because of what you give back to them. It's, mm -hmm. it's, they feel like they can finally give something to you besides yeah. the money to buy your art. You know, they like to feel like they're part of the experience and that, that probably filled a need. If you knew the whole story, it probably filled a need that he had somewhere you know, in his life and you gave him a gift yeah, equal to what he gave you, I'm sure. Oh, thank you for saying that. I, I do feel like I've been the recipient of like so many earth angels along this path. There's so many people that have like just done amazing things for me and supported the arts and it's incredible. So yeah. <laughs> well, you're very easy to support because like I said, your art just makes everybody feel so happy. Oh, I'm so, so glad. Tell us a little bit about your online class, your, um, your flower painting club. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. I've been really leaning more in my business towards community. So, you know, the house of miracles, um, is about 
creating more in-person community, but this online class is about, you know, being able to do this online for people that can't travel. So it's a monthly um, art class and we do lots of art video lessons. And then we have live paint parties, which have become the most popular event of the month. Like we, well, I didn't know, but we love doing that. So it's so much fun. We just all paint together on zoom and talk and that's been such a treasure. And then we do a Q and a with me every month and guest interview. But what I'm learning is like the community is what is making it so strong and so special, you know, and I think what I have to offer them most um, beyond just painting, I think is just having a, a healthy and loving relationship with creativity. So that's what I think I have the most to offer the group. Um, it's kind of how I feel like that's my life purpose is to, I guess, like just bring back that loving relationship with creativity that we seem to lack. You know, there's a lot, people have a hard time creating and there's a lot of negative stories and myths about it. So that's kind of what we're doing in that class is reestablishing the love between us and the creative force or, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, well, I think one of the, one of the blocks is, is, is fear. Yeah. Right. Because you're, you don't know for someone like me, who's never considered herself the least bit artistic, you don't know where to start. I have all of you to judge myself against, which is rather overwhelming to begin with, right? And so it's the fear of not being good enough or creative enough or I think for me too, it's, um, I've tried a couple of things and I'm, and I can't, I blame no one but myself. I can't <laughs> let myself go because I'm so afraid because I work with all of you that someone will think that I'm trying to copy them. Aww. Right. And so it's, and which would be horrifying to me. So how do you help people get over those kinds of, I mean, they're truly obstacles, big obstacles sometimes. Yeah. I think it starts with um, redefining what creativity is. And I really think we need to understand our role in the process because I think we have a misunderstanding of our relationship with creativity um, just like if you're playing a sport and you didn't understand your role, like it would lead to a lot of chaos and confusion. <laughs> I feel like yeah. it's the same way. I don't think we understand the mechanics of creativity and what it actually is and how it actually works. So for me, my process is about me understanding my role. And when I overstep my role, that's when there's resistance or fear, um, so I, I do think that we have to have a very clear understanding about what we're doing, what we're participating in. And I think that's what's kind of messed us up. I think we have a lot of negative myths about creativity in our culture. There, there aren't really any positive <laughs> myths. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm in charge of the process. Um, I think that my job is not to judge it or criticize it. I don't think that's my role. And I don't think that art has anything to do with me. I think it's not a reflection of my value or worth. Like if it's, you know, quote unquote bad, not a reflection of me. If it's brilliant, you know, quote unquote, it's not a reflection of me. It doesn't have anything to do with me. So I think once we can like, you know, see that and, um, and not connect it with our, our worth or, you know, people's opinion of us, it's just an expression. I don't think it's good or bad. I think it's, it's an experience, it's an expression, you know, and you just have to allow it to come through you because I think there's this creative force that works through us and it's way more powerful than we are. And if we fight it, we will lose every time. And that is when, you know, you quit or you start telling negative stories. And that's when we've misunderstood our role as I, I honestly don't think I'm in charge. I don't think it's up to me. And I think my job is to be the physical hands of, you know, this beautiful energy coming through me, but in no way am I meant to like start to critique it or, you know, judge it mine or anyone else's. I think it's disrespectful <laughs> to the process. <laughs> you know, it's the process that I love. So I, I think if you love it, everything will be fine. You know, I, I don't, I think it's impossible to make something ugly when there's love is like the driving force behind it, you know? So that's kind of where I start is like, what is the actual process? Like, do we actually understand we're, you know, we're not alone to me. We're not alone. We're not in charge. The materials aren't dead objects. The canvas isn't a dead object. Everything's, uh, 
has an aliveness to it. And that's how I treat it, you know? So it helps, it helps me. <laughs> well, it's a I lovely that. explanation. I mean, and it takes um, some of the responsibility away from the person who's trying to learn to create, right? All oh, yeah. of a sudden you've got some help out yep. there. So then from your perspective, then everyone can be an artist. Definitely. I mean, it's our most natural state of being to me. I think like we're creating all the time, whether we're conscious of it or not, you know, we're creating our lives every minute. So um, when someone says I'm not creative, I, I, you know, I just think like, maybe you're just not conscious of your creativity, but you like saying I'm not creative is creating the, the reality that you are not creative, like you're still creating in that moment. You're just creating a, a way of being that doesn't honor your creativity. So we can't escape it. I mean, I feel like every cell in our being, everything around us is in a constant state of creativity. So to, den to deny that is, is really counter our you know, natural state. It's just counter the entire universe. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that's a really, it's problematic. And I, you know, I say, um, I tell my students, like, what if you, when you step back, instead of judging your work, what if you just listen to it? Because I just listen to my paintings and they, the way I paint is intuitively. So I just start random mark making and then the painting emerges for me. I am very passive in this role. I don't like to be in charge of anything. Um, and so I let it just come to being. And I think that is again, things start in chaos and they find form. And I think that's just the natural order of things. So if I just let, if I listen, it'll just emerge on its own. And that's how all my paintings emerge. And I could never imagine what happens on that canvas. Like if it was up to me and I was in charge, my paintings would not look anything like that. They would be, they would be so limited. But when I just listen and open myself up to something bigger than myself that's when all the magic happens and then I'm surprised I'm like whoa where did that come from what is this I never never in a million years would I've been able to you know form this idea in my head so I love it I'm obsessed with it I'm so passionate about it I think it's the most fun way to live you know it's just so it's a it's a act of listening and then accepting where you're at like this is where I'm at right now this is what I can do but in five or 10 years, it's going to look different. So it's about just whatever happens, happens, you know, and it's beautiful because you created it with this magic force. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty cool, you know? So yeah. I think I love you. I think <laughs> I love everything about you. I mean, I loved your paintings and now I think I understand why they speak to me as loudly as they do, because I work with a lot of really good artists. We feature beautiful art in the magazines in all forms and I've never heard anybody explain it like you do and it's um it's freeing it's um modest it's sincere it's all of the traits that we envy in other people you are an amazing woman I have to say it brings tears to my eyes because um I always felt like I always felt like I was a little bit weird because people always say to me, um, where do you get your ideas? And I've said a million times, I don't know. I don't know where they come from. And it always made me feel like a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I'm hearing things that no one else is hearing, right? right. And that is a little bit terrifying. But to hear you explain it, um, it has truly sincerely in a matter of less than an hour opened up an entire new world to me you don't know how grateful I am for that and I hope our listeners are the same because um it'll be nice because now I can go every time I feel insecure I can go listen to you again right uh, so um I hope you realize what an impact you have on the people around you and I hope you tell them your stories all the time it is very life-changing and I don't say that very often and I'm going to let you tell another story about something oh so I can pull myself together right <laughs> thank oh you hell. so much 
amazing. Okay. Well, I cry all the time when I talk about this because I, I am so in love with creativity. Like I truly love it. And when I create, I work in that place of just, I love it so much. And I think when you are able to do that, that's when you, you can get into that flow and have those experiences where you don't know where these things are coming from, but that union to me, this is just my personal belief, but it's real to me because I've experienced it thousands of times through creates through the process. I know this is real, but to me, what makes creativity so powerful is I feel connected to like the divine in me and in everyone. When I create, it's like that union. When you let something else in, when you don't think I'm alone, I'm in charge. This is all about me. When you just open it to this other way of creating, it's just the most beautiful experience. And yeah, I want to normalize, like you were saying, I hear these ideas and I don't know where they come from. And it's like, we need to talk about that because I want to normalize that. So you don't think you're crazy. It's like, no, that's the most natural thing in the world (laughs) and to honor that. And that's why what breaks my heart is when we, what we have done to creativity in our culture, it breaks my heart. And I think it's connected to spirit and soul. And I, I think like our negative stories about it are just hurting us. So yeah, I, I get emotional about it too. And, um, and I do, I do think that we're getting those messages, you know, that you're, you're experiencing and, you know, you're only feeling weird because we don't talk about it. So. <laughs> I'm going to call you all the time. If you don't, <laughs> I would love that. And you've created so much, like, it's really, it's incredible to hear you know, I have artist friends who I just think, oh my gosh, they've created so much beauty. I can't, I could never do what you did. And then to still feel like that, you know, humble. And I don't know, I just, yeah, you're, you're creating so much. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, but I, I don't create so much. I, I, all of you, all of you, what you'll learn about me is I stutter when I get really nervous and um, all of you who are so talented and who are gracious enough to be on the pages of my magazines. And I really don't feel like they're my magazines. I feel like they're your magazines. I mean, I say it all the time because you are the ones who share and build the community and, and spread the word and give people hope truly because those of those who really want to be great artists, who want to be you, who want to produce what you produce. I mean, I had somebody a long time ago that said to me, Joe, you just need to get out of your own way. Yeah. And I didn't know what he was talking about. Right. (laughs) I'm like, okay, so how crazy are you? But um, now for the first time, I think I actually understand it. I mean, because you talk yourself into all kinds of things, right? Yes. We, we talk about that a lot in my class. What, like, what is the story you're telling yourself while you're creating? Because that will dictate your experience. And I think the reason some people are artists and other people aren't has nothing to do with talent. It's they're telling a better story, you know, about their art. Like they're telling themselves they can do this, that I'm an artist, they're accepting. So it's, it's, hundred percent perspective. It's, you know, tell yourself a different story because I have paintings that have taken me like four years to paint. And I love those paintings. They sit with me in my studio. I talk to them. They're like, they talk to me. And I I could tell a story of like, I'm a horrible painter. I can't finish anything. That is terrible. Look at that. I could tell that story. But the story I tell myself is, I love you. You're teaching, like you're teaching me patience. You're teaching me not to settle for anything less than who you are. You're, you know, you're teaching me to, um, I don't know, be resilient, be strong. And I talk to them and I'm like, you've taught me so much. Um, and usually they're waiting for me to like learn something or I, like I've had paintings sit there for years and I'll pick up a material and I'll look at it and be like, this is what you've been waiting for, like oil <laughs> pastels. And then they are finished. So I have a lot, uh, I communicate a lot with my art, with my materials. And I think it's just out of like love and respect and gratitude. I think that's, but yeah, I could tell a story about I suck. 
I can't do anything. Why? You know, this is taking too long, but I tell a really loving story and I fall in love with them and I get close to them. We spend time together. I'm like, you've been by my side for two years, you know, like you're so faithful and, you know, thanks for being here. It's just like, be, I, I guess one of the great things is that you can maintain that like childlike quality, like almost that Disney, like you know, think like, you know, the cups are talking and the bird, it's like, you just tell yourself a good story, you know, it's, then it'll be different. The whole experience will be different. So have you ever thought about writing a book book? Like, I um, mean, like a, like a book book, not just a children's book, but a book book to share your wisdom. Yeah, I actually, I kind of have one. It's about my approach to creativity. It, this is what I'm most passionate about is, is, um, the creative process and our relationship with it, because I think we've got it all wrong. Like, I, I think we've like completely messed it up. And I, and I think we, the reason we struggle in the process is because we don't understand what we're doing. And so we're just from the beginning, we're setting ourselves up for disaster, you know, or anxiety and doubt and fear. It's like, I just think we're not, we don't have a strong foundation um, because we have, we misunderstand creativity. We, we don't know its true essence. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I have one kind of finished and I wrote the story of every flower is a, it's another book I wrote, but it's um, really heavy on the um, paintings. It's a large coffee table book. It has mostly paintings and then like little um, passages of my journal and little writings, but it's not like a more, just a book, book with words. It's more of a coffee table book. So but yeah, I would love to do that. I mean, I'm hoping to have time to wrap that up. And Oh, I hope you do it for, uh, for all of our sakes, right? It would be such oh. a gift to all of us. So, and um, it's, I think, I mean, your paintings are the same because they're um, everlasting. They're always there. They're collectibles, but books, I, I'm a book person. I'm a paper person. Mm -hmm. And I love to read them on the page, on the printed page. And I think that has such an impact because you mm -hmm. can reach so many more people. I mean, Zooms are getting more popular now and people are getting used to it. So I think that is as hard as it is for me to say this is a really good thing because I hate, I hate anything zoom. Right. But, um, but you do reach more people and the sound of your voice is the, the passion in your voice is very convincing. And I hope you realize how good you are at so many things. Because oh, you really Thank you. Well, it's, this is my favorite subject. I get really excited. And I think the whole reason I went through everything I went through was just to learn this message. I think that was, this is the gift from that. So it makes me feel good. Like, well, at least that wasn't for nothing. <laughs> like, here's, like, here's what I can share now. Yeah. It's a pretty big sacrifice for the rest of us. I'll tell you that. So, and I, I, it led to the greatest love of my life. So, you know, so like, how many projects are you working on at a time sometimes? Oh man, I, I, I think I overdo it. I have a personality that I tend to overstretch myself. Um, so right now I'm really focused on the, getting the house ready, um, to open for guests. And I'm working mostly on that online class. I'm really, um, devoted to that and trying to make that grow because it's what I'm most excited about right now. So I'm focusing, those are the two like really big projects. Um, well, I hope you'll let us help you. I mean, of course we want to feature, I want to feature you in Where Women Create. I must admit, I beat myself up about for a good year over missing the pink bus thing. I'm like, where where was I exactly? <laughs> that, that was the greatest story, the greatest cover. I mean, it's just, and it's not that, you know, in magazine, in the magazine world, there are so few of us I do wish everybody success because yeah. I think we all have a different audience. We all have our place in the world and we all do good, but there, and I'm not often jealous. I mean, I'm often like, you know, I have great, we have fabulous women that we feature. I'm really proud of the work I do, but that pink bus uh, would just <laughs> like, where were you, Joe? Oh, <laughs> I know Rosie is, she's she's a legend too um that actually was another burden that became a blessing there's a I noticed there's a theme in my life I don't know about other people but it's about 
turning the burdens and the blessings. And I could not find an affordable art studio in Seattle. Um, I looked and looked and I couldn't find anything. And then one day I was so frustrated. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna buy a bus and turn it into a studio. And so it was more out of desperation, um, but it turned out to be the most amazing thing ever. And there's a deck on the roof so I can paint on top of the bus. And um, it was just, it was such a great blessing, but I never would have done that if I, you know, if I found a studio and I could afford it. So this, um, my life has a way of like bringing me, the creativity comes out, you know, in desperate times, you're like, I got to do something outrageous. I have to think out of the box. So that's how Rosie happened. And she, she's been great. So it was So good. where do you park Rosie? Is she out in front she of your house? No, you know what? She's at my friend's house. She, my friend has land, so she's actually out there. But I, I'm thinking of selling Rosie now because I have a studio at House of Miracles and my heat allergy is actually getting a lot worse. My son, I have almost 0% sun tolerance where I used to be able to handle some sun. So it's really hard for me to drive around and um, be outside at any time. So I'm thinking I have to sell Rosie and I want to get central air conditioning in my house. We don't have, you know, in Seattle, like not many people have air conditioning. So, but it's getting really hot there. Last year we had, you know, hundred degree weeks. And so I'm, I'm thinking that's what I'm going to hopefully, hopefully do, but some, it'll be someone else's turn to enjoy Rosie. Um, but she definitely had, you know, a purpose when I needed her. So I'm kind of moving on to like the next, you know, the house of miracles now, and she's going to have to move on in her journey. <laughs> well, the house of miracles is, is really, I hate you to see you lose Rosie because that is amazing. Yeah. But the house of miracles you can share. And I think when you can share things, I mean, have people actually be there and share it with you and talk about it. Not only is it rewarding for you as a person, but it's so, I know how rewarding it is for everybody else. So it's, it is another gift that you're giving to everyone. So, yeah, you know, and I, um, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting more housebound these days with my allergies. So it's a way for me to work and have people come to me. I used to do retreats where I would travel I can't, it's really hard for me to travel now, even just the airports, I overheat. So it's like a way I can still do this for a living, but people will come to me. So it is really, it's an incredible timing for me. And it's something I've kind of dreamed about forever. And I was, I'm always like praying, like, please let me keep doing this work so I can work at home because I can't work outside of the house. Um, and so now it's like, oh my gosh, it happened. Like I have a house and people can come here. It's like exactly what I was like, hoping would happen. So hopefully it'll work out. I have, cause I haven't opened it yet. So I'm like, well, hopefully people will come, but oh, I will uh, come. I, I want to come. I, wanna, I, oh, I, I need you. Oh my gosh. I want you to come. I want you to come so much. And it's such a gift for me when people come to me because I can't leave. So it's like, what a gift to me to have people come and like, you know, so yeah, thank you. You're definitely, you definitely have to come. All um, you have to do is happen. let me know when you're first opening and I will be one of the very first on your list. I, oh, thank that you. would be such an, well, I, I, I do think that people with creative spirits are um, more insecure than other people. And if you're surrounded in the community with people who are very creative, I have friends in Sun Valley who are very creative. And when I go there, I feel very safe and very understood. And, you know, and, but where I live at a home, all of my friends are not creative. And so they all do look at me like I'm just a little bit weird and they're a little bit worried. <laughs> and I know my daughter, especially is always like, mom, are you okay? <laughs> I totally get that. I, I understand. I live surrounded by like people who really love gray and beige and they think my car is crazy. I have had a couple neighbors come and I just moved there in December. Like two neighbors have come and told me like, you know, you need permission. If you paint your house, like you have to get permission. And I'm like, why are they telling, why are they telling me this? Like, is it because my car is like covered in flowers and they're like terrified? Like you need to get your color approved. Like we don't they think you're going to paint it with stripes and flowers and faces all back. I, I was like, what are you afraid of? Like, why are you telling me 
but it is getting painted. Like I was like thinking, oh gosh, I wonder what my neighbors will think. But I mean, I have to be me. And um, and I this house to me is really it's like a temple to creativity. I want to create like a place where we honor creativity because I I do feel like I'm totally devoted to it. So it's a really special place to me. I feel like we need that. We need a place that honors it. And um, so it's like a shrine or like some sort of devotional space. So yeah, it's, it's going to be pink for sure. Definitely. (laughs) I love pink. I'm, I'm all, I'm all over pink. I think that's the perfect color. I, I, I was when I follow your Instagram. So I see all the things you do. And I have to admit in my mind, when you were showing the different shades of pink, I did think to myself, well, of course she's going to paint flowers on there, right? I mean, she's not just going to paint it pink, right? It's going to have flowers somewhere. You yeah. need to, <laughs> on a hidden spot somewhere, you need to paint your flowers like a garden or something on the back of your yeah. house. Just so. I agree. In fact, I would do that now if I had time, but I was like, maybe over the years, and I even talked to my friend, um, Jennifer Mercedes. I don't know if you know her, she's an artist. And I was like, Jennifer, what if, like when I could invite artists here, they could paint like a panel because the, the house has these like trim there. It's divided into like sections. And I'm like, it's like begging to be painted. <laughs> it's like, they look like canvases. Like it's divided perfectly. So I was like, wouldn't that be fun if an artist came and then they did, I mean, that would be like, it'd be like a museum. It'd be like an outdoor museum on a house. So, I mean, I have plans. Just don't tell my neighbors, but like- <laughs> We're talking. You're safe with me. Yeah, yeah. So like, wouldn't that be amazing? So someday, I mean, maybe something will happen, but I have to ease, you know, ease the neighbors in a little bit. And I am painting the inside of the house. So like, I've have a, few, a couple murals on the inside of the house, and um, I actually had an amazing experience with one of them. I don't know if we have time or if you want me to oh, share. We have time. No, I'd love to hear. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so this is just an example of what happens to me with the creative process. I, we were doing iris paintings in my um, online class and I was in, I fell madly in love with painting irises. I've never painted them. I, oh my gosh, I couldn't stop. So I decided I'm going to do an iris mural in the downstairs entry. And so my daughter and I kind of paint the background and I'm doing irises and it just wouldn't work. It, the um, wall is bumpy and they, it's the, I couldn't get it right. So I started to paint over it to try again. And as I'm doing this, I'm just covering stuff up and not paying attention. All these little like rosebuds like kind of appear from my random crazy marks. And they're like coming out of the wall. And I'm like, there are roses everywhere. And the amazing thing about that is for like the one of, for the first time I felt like this emerged on its own. I, it, that always happens in my art. I always feel like they just come to me, but this felt like I had nothing to do with it. I was like, whoa, like they just came out of the wall. Like, what? <laughs> I, And I do this um, beautiful meditation every morning where I sweep my arms up and I imagine rose petals falling from the sky, like blessings from my ancestors. And so I was like, well, how perfect is this? Because these people are entering the end, you know, they're entering the home and it's like all these little rosebuds falling on them. And I can write like may, you know, may rose petals fall like blessings upon all who enter, you know, like something, but I never thought of this. It was like, it came out of the wall and like insisted on being there. And I have a special relationship with roses. So they like follow me. I'm convinced. And it's how my grandmother, I think communicates with me, but anyway, I was like, that's magic. Like, and it was, per- they had to be there. I'm like, of course you're, you got to be showered with rose petals when you walk in this house. Um, Cause I did the project. I gave a rose away every day for a year to strangers for 365 days. So they're really significant. So I just couldn't believe when that happened. I was like, this is a miracle. I just can't believe it. It's just. <laughs> well, I, I believe in those things too. Mm-hmm. I believe that our ancestors, I, I know my cute little mother takes care of me every mm-hmm. single day right? And she's been gone for a long time. So I do believe in that 100%. I, I want you to tell the story of giving a rose away to a stranger every day for a year. Oh, it was the most, I call it my accidental spiritual pilgrimage because I didn't mean for it to be a spiritual experience, but um, I was just going through a really hard time. I was feeling unlovable. I just, I felt 
I don't know. I was just going through a hard time. So it was 2017 and I, um, I was kind of meditating, praying, and, um, I was like, you know, I just want to receive, I'm tired of giving as a mom, you know, as a friend, whatever. I'm, I just feel like depleted. And I hear this voice say, you need to give more. And I was like, no, like I was mad. I'm like, no, I don't, you know, I would give more whatever. And so, and then I kind of kept doing this, you know, little meditation prayer thing that I do. And I just got this, um, another voice that said like, follow the roses and everything will be okay. And so I didn't know what that meant, but I kept hearing it. And then one day I was at the, um, grocery store and I was kind of having a bad day. And my grandfather used to surprise my grandmother every month with a rose because it was her favorite flower. Instead of a dozen on Valentine's day, he wanted her to have one all year round, which I love that story. <laughs> so I always thought that's how I'm going to know who my true love is. They're going to give me a rose like my grandfather. Of course that never happens. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy myself a rose. Like I don't need someone else. So I bought a rose and I'm like, I'm like skipping out of the store and everyone is looking at the rose and smiling and they're smiling at me. Cause I think I'm like beaming from like, I finally got a rose, you know, and I'm such a dork, but, um, I was looking <laughs> at them. <laughs> I was like looking at how happy that made everyone. And I was like, they all need roses too. And then I was like, I'm the one that's supposed to give the roses. Like my whole life I've been waiting to receive it. And I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be my grandfather in this scenario. So I did it. I was just, I did it. I was like, um, in honor of them, I'm going to give a rose away every day for a year. And it just changed my whole life. It absolutely, it just changed my life. And one of the things I got to experience is that like, we are always in, invited to participate in creating moments. It was a, I was like co-creating with that force, that creative force that I paint with. We were creating these beautiful scenarios with strangers. And I was like, wow, we are always invited to step into this creative force and participate. It's just waiting for us. So we were creating like a lot of miracles. There were a lot of miracles. The people we would pick would happen to, it would be like mind blowing, you know, what they were going through or how, what, why it was significant. And so I did this every day and it just strengthened and strengthened my relationship with creativity because I, I never felt more connected to it. I knew it was there without a doubt. I, that force is always there. And it was just the most magical experience of my life. So I might have to do it again. I just, I can't even explain how like mind blowing it was. And I felt really safe the whole year. I felt like no harm could come to me. I just, I felt really connected to something and it was beautiful. So <laughs> that's kind oh of a gosh. long story. It's, it, it is worth every minute. It is such a lovely story and so indicative of who you are and how much you give and what a gift you are to all of us. And um, this is the part of the podcast that I hate the very most. And Carrie, I have to say, I hate it most with you than anyone. And that is when it comes to an end. I feel like I just want to sit here until tomorrow morning and learn. I'm coming to your retreat or to your space, to your house of miracles, because I think this, I think everything happens like you when it needs to happen and people come into your lives. And I think I need you now. I feel the same way. I, when you said you wanted to come, I was like dancing around my house, like, oh my gosh. And I can picture it. I can like already envision it. You know, it's like, this feels perfect. It just, yeah. Oh, I, I hope I'm top on your list because <laughs> you I are. am there with bells on. And so um, at the end of every podcast, this seems kind of silly for you because um, you have shared so much, but what I always ask everyone is, is, is there a secret that not very many people know about you that you would be willing to share with our listeners? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause I, I feel like I, I'm an overshare. Like I was like, gosh, I share too much probably. But, <laughs> um... Do not ever <laughs> let that thought even enter your mind for a moment. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, what, you know, one thing, I mean, maybe people know now because I feel like I've talked about it on the podcast but I think you know something about me that I'm starting to talk about more but it used to feel kind of taboo was that I really love communicating with 
the unseen world and the non-human world. So I love talking to the water. So I li- there's um, Puget Sound we have at the beach, like you can walk to it from my house. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, and then the mountains are in the distance. So it's like, it's like ocean mountain. Um, so I, I talk to the ocean and the mountains and the trees. And, you know, I talk to my, I talk to my paintings and I feel like they talk to me. They send me all sorts of messages. I usually am learning from, from them because I think they have qualities. They embody qualities that they're, they're showing me, um, through their own becoming. So I love, I love just talking to the unseen world. I just feel like it's so intriguing what comes up. And so I guess that's a secret that would sound like you were saying, I felt like I was crazy because I'm hearing these <laughs> And you know, I, when I say like, I hear voices, like some people are like, that's weird, you know, but it's, to me, it's nor, it's like, well, it's probably natural, but we don't talk about it. And we've quieted that down, but I think we need to like normalize it and amplify it. And, you know, there's this deep inner knowing that, that I'm, you can call it whatever you want, but yeah, I, I love to communicate with, you know, quiet things. So, <laughs> well, I love that you do that. And I love that you shared that because it's, I think uh, on different degrees, all of, not all of us, but those of us who will allow it to happen, it does happen. I think a lot of people block that out, even, even if it's unintentional, because it's frightening that just admitting it out loud is a little yeah. frightening, depending on which group you're in. But like my children would have, would have me go talk to somebody about that. But <laughs> I know. And that's why it used to be more of a secret. And now I'm like, you know, I really want to start sharing more about that. So I, but well, I, get- I do not stop shouting it from the rooftops or the top of the bus. I mean, you know, in the dark, when you can stand on the bus, tell everybody who will listen, because it is such a gift. It really is. I think it's an expansive way to live. It, if you can be open to it, it's like, I always wonder like, what else is there that we don't know about because we have our own limitations? Like what if we, you know, can be more expansive and, and what would, what would that mean? So I'm always trying to like, kind of go deeper into that. And I don't know, it seems like a never ending, um, endless, you know, realm. So, (laughs) well, which it is right. I mean, it never ends when, and in some ways that can be the most fascinating moment of your entire realization and sometimes it can be the most frightening because sometimes you need an end to something right you feel like I'm I'm in a free fall and I need the end so um you you are amazing I hope you know how amazing you are I hope I hope you realize that in your soul of souls what uh how much you've touched other people's lives and those around you and those of us who want to get to know you better. I can't believe it's taken me this long. So I apologize, but I think I needed you now. So it happened now, right? I feel the same way. And um, yeah, I think I'll play that back in the summer. Summers are hard for me. So I'm going to listen to that. What you just said in the summer when I feel sad and I can't go outside. So thank you. You're welcome. And I'm here all the time. Just call me anytime. I I would love to have a conversation with you um, because you're so uplifting. I can't, it's one of those things where Um, I can imagine you feeling down because of your health that I totally understand, but you're so talented and so gifted. I hope that that's never that part of your life is what always lifts you up and doesn't scare you or bring you down because I would hate anything to ever happen to that. Thank you. Well, you know, I just returned to art again and again. I, anytime I had a bad episode, like a couple of weeks ago, and I just, go it just saves me it's like the only comfort I can find and it's different than any human comfort it's like I feel completely and just you know enveloped in it and it does the trick every time so I just (laughs) turn you know keep returning to it it's really you don't need insurance to pay for it exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's so true it's it's a great therapy it really is Okay, my last thing that I always ask everyone, because I think it is so telling of people's personalities. I say this in every podcast, but I think it is extremely difficult to say something in very few words, and which is why I love quotes and greeting cards and all those kinds of things. And because I think in 
you know, less than 10 or 15 words, it will tell so much about someone. So I always ask for your favorite quote. Yeah, I share that love for, you know, tiny phrases and really can, um, you know, simplifying it to get to the heart of the matter. So um, I have so many, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I think the one I'm really loving right now, it's just really speaking to me at this point in my life is um, by Hildegard de Bingham. And she's a 12th century mystic, poet, composer, writer. If there's one person on earth, well, she's not here anymore, but like I could have dinner with, it would be her. She's really incredible. But she said, um, I want to live like a feather on the breath of the divine. And to me, like, that's where I want to take my life more and more. I feel like I'm really good at doing that in my art. Like I'm really good at surrendering and listening and I'm trying to do that more and more in my life. And I want that to be the direction I go, you know? So when we get older, we think like, we sometimes say like, I need to listen to myself more. And I'm like, I need to listen to myself less. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. And I need to listen to that wise, whatever, you know, voice presence more. I need to trust that more. Um, because I'm proven wrong, like again and again, when I have my own ideas and I think I'm going to do something and then it's like, nope, that's not what you're doing. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I, I love the surrender. I love the mystery. I love listening and I don't really like to be in charge. So I want to just embrace that, that quote, um, and see where, where it takes me. So you are lovely. The only disappointment that I have during our podcast from the kitchen table is when our time is over for today. It is such an honor for me to be able to create a moment for each of us to be together to share our stories. I can promise you, and you can trust me, no matter how easy these guests make the journey appear, it wasn't. They each started by taking the first step, together and alone, frightened and inspired, ready or not, each one moving ever forward simply doing what they love to do, and that is create. Because we are a community which is based on our support of one another, please remember to leave a review. Leave a review not only for these magazines, but for each other. It is a small investment of your time and yet an enormous gift to each of our guests that are working so very hard to be the best they can be in their chosen field. If you have any questions or want to know more, please visit womencreate.com. As you know, I am a lover of quotes and to end this chapter of From My Kitchen Table, I want to share my favorite quote with you. And that is, I love each of you and all of you with a thousand hearts. Until our next From My Kitchen Table, stay safe, keep notes and take lots of pictures. Oh my gosh, I love you too. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you for everything. Thank you. you. It's only the beginning. I think we're going to do lots of things. (laughs) That would be um, one. That would be a miracle. That would be wonderful. (laughs) Dream come true. (laughs) Well, I don't know how many dreams I make come true, but that I can. So (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.